0: This Bible reading is from Luke 12. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to keep them their food allowance at the proper time. Give them the food allowance. It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and an, at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with a few blows. From everyone who has, for everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked.
1: Let's pray before we get into God's word. Father God, we pray this morning that you would prepare our hearts and minds to hear the word that we have just heard read, to reflect on its meaning. We pray that we would sit under your word this morning, that the authority of your word would speak into our hearts and into our minds through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you would convict us to be ready, to be ready for your return. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, back when uh, Tamara and I were moving to Bible College, a part of the process of us moving was selling the house that we had, which was on some acreage, and buying a house that was more practical for us to rent out to someone else. We're on an incredible time crunch from when God called us to ministry uh, and from me running my own workshop, it was only three month period in which we wound up our business, sold our property. And so by the time our property had sold, it left us with just one week to find a house and to make an offer and have it accepted before we moved to Bible College. We spent a lot of time looking at all sorts of different houses that week. And after a lot of searching for just the right property to rent out, just the right property to invest in, we finally put an offer in in a house and it was accepted. Trouble was that as time went on, it became more and more evident that this was not a good investment. It was not as good of an investment as it has seemed. In fact, we got to know the real estate agent quite well. We regularly received emails from him, telling us about all the new things that needed to be repaired on this property. We replaced hot water systems, we replaced air conditioners, replaced any number of things, including the entire bathroom, literally from the ground up. And so when our time at college was over, we couldn't wait to rid ourselves of this bad investment. And when it sold, we were really pleased to see the last of it because it simply wasn't the good investment that it could have been. As those who have been entrusted with much, God has invested a great deal into each of us. He has offered us his one and only son to free us from our guilt and shame. He's placed people in our lives that have pointed us to him. And he has given us access to his word and to him through prayer any time we want. God has invested a great deal into each of us. As, as those who have been entrusted with so much, God has put such a great investment in us because he longs to see us grow in him and he longs to see us encourage others to grow in him. But sadly, the Bible tells us that not everyone who professes to know Jesus, who professes to be a Christian, and who has received these kinds of blessings will do anything with the investment that they have received. Now, we're not reading from uh, Matthew today. We're in Luke, of course, but in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says these scary words. On the day the Master returns, many who claim to belong to Christ will be turned away with those terrifying words, I never knew you. On that day, those who are trusting in their own good works, their attendance in church, or some sort of one-off conversion event or religious ceremony will be turned away. And only those who have been good stewards of God's investment in them, only those who have invested wisely in the age to come and stored up treasures in heaven for themselves will receive eternal life. This morning we're continuing our series in the book of Luke and this morning's passage is of course from Luke 12 and it's warning those who would Follow Jesus to make sure that they are investing in what God has invested in them. It's warning that those who are poor stewards of the investment that God has made in them will be numbered amongst those who don't know Christ. So let's get into the passage. In verses 35 to 40, Jesus is challenging those who would follow him to be dressed and ready for service. The image that Jesus describes in these verses is of a servant waiting for his master to return from a wedding banquet. In those days, there were no sensor lights, no electricity, of course. And so this master had told his servants to be ready. Their lamps were to be lit, and they were to be ready to let the master in when he returned. It's easy to imagine the first watch of the night being very diligent, very expectant that the master will return at any time. After all, they'd only just seen the master and heard his command to be ready. But as the night dragged on, the first watch of the night passed and the second night of the watch slowly ticked away and until it was finally the third watch, the third shift of the night, And the master still hadn't returned. By this point, the sense of urgency that the first watch had felt, well, it was all gone. They were starting to wonder whether the master would even return. Now by the third watch, it's not hard to imagine that 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 sense of expectancy had faded It's been over 2,000 years now, hasn't it, since Christ ascended into heaven. The first and the second watch of the night has long since retired. And we are now well into the third watch of the night. And as Jesus warns, there is a constant temptation for those who would follow him to forget that our master could return at any time. And so Jesus challenges those who would follow him to be dressed and ready for service, knowing that their master could return at an hour when they do not expect him. Jesus says, if you knew when someone was going to break into your house, of course you would defend your property, of course you would defend your possessions. And if that's how we would defend earthly possessions that are here one minute and gone the next... How much more important is it for us to be ready for the Master's return as we wait for an eternal treasure that will never perish, spoil or fade? Look at what Jesus says in verse 37. It will be good for those servants whose Master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve will have them recline at table and will come and wait on them. Jesus is saying that when he returns, God himself will serve those servants who have diligently waited for him, those who have invested in him, those servants who haven't given up on his return and who are living in expectation that the master could return at any time as we wait in the third watch of the night for our master's return. We all know that there's a temptation to live for the here and now instead of the age to come. We all know the worries and distractions that our daily lives bring upon us. We know the comforts and pleasures of this life can often tempt us to forget about our master's return. So how would we describe to Jesus if he returned tonight? How would we describe to Jesus how we have been investing, how we have been using the investment that he has made in us? How would we describe that to Jesus? How has the good news of Jesus been growing in our lives? Jesus is warning those who would follow him that he will return at an hour when we least expect him. And he is challenging those who would follow him to live their lives dressed and ready for service in expectation that our master could return at any time. In verses 41 to 48, Jesus is challenging those who would follow him to be good stewards of the investment that God has made in them. The image that Jesus describes in these verses is of someone who's been placed in charge of all of their master's possessions while he has gone away. As Jesus finished his first short parable, Peter had asked him, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Peter wanted to know if This parable applied to him. We're often a bit like Peter, aren't we? We often tend to jump to applying God's word to others before it applies to ourselves. Or before we apply it to our own hearts. And so to make sure that the disciples understood that Jesus was speaking to all believers when he gives this warning, to be dressed and ready for service, Jesus replied, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowances at the proper time? Jesus is asking the question, who is it that has been faithful with what the Lord has invested in them? Who is it that has been faithful with what the Lord has invested in them? What does it look like in our lives. The master in this parable has placed this servant in charge of everything he owned while he has gone away. He's placed an incredible amount of trust in this servant. And Jesus says, it will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so, looking after his master's possessions, when he returns. I tell you the truth he will be put in charge of all his possessions. His servant knows the master's will. He knows that his master wants him, he knows exactly what he's supposed to do in his master's absence. And so, because he has been entrusted with so much in the master's absence, much is expected of him. The faithful servant knows his master's expectations and lives to fulfill them. However, Jesus says in verse 45 But suppose the servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the men servants and maid servants, and to eat and drink and to get drunk. While his master is away, this unfaithful servant. He's tempted to live as though his master is no longer coming back. He is tempted to take liberties with his master's possessions. And he is tempted to think to himself that he's not going to be held accountable. He's, attempt, he's basically abusing the trust that his master has placed in him all for his own benefit. What Jesus is saying in these verses is that everything we claim as our own, belongs to our Master, our Heavenly Father. Because God is the one who has put us in charge of anything and everything we have. He is the one who has provided the hope of salvation for all who believe. And he is the one who has given us the opportunity to hear about the good news and to receive forgiveness through Christ's death and resurrection. He is the one who has given us this responsibility to be good stewards of what he has entrusted us with while we wait for his return. God has made a big investment in each of us. And being good stewards of the message that Christ has entrusted us with is an incredibly serious responsibility. Just look at what Jesus says will happen to the unfaithful steward in this parable, verse 46 says, The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour when he is not aware of it. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Those who are poor stewards of what Christ has entrusted them with will be cast out of his presence, they will be sent away they will be numbered amongst the unbelievers. While those faithful servants who do the will of the Master, those who receive the good news of forgiveness through Christ's death and resurrection, and who live lives shaped by this good news, become sons and daughters of the living God. For from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. We've all had a great many opportunities to hear the good news of Jesus. I'm sure it's more than we could ever hope to count. We all have access to God's word through prayer, to God's word and through prayer to him. We all have the opportunity to fellowship with his people. This morning at church and other times at Bible study, we have all been entrusted with a great deal. and So we are responsible to God for what we have done with the opportunities that he has given us to trust in him. We have a part to play in God's investment so that it grows in us. We will be held accountable if we think to ourselves, my Master is taking a long time in coming, if we waste what Christ has entrusted us with. And so this morning, we are being challenged to be ready for Christ's imminent return. Jesus has said that he will come at an hour when we do not expect him. We should expect it to be a surprise. When he comes, will he find that we have been good stewards with what he has entrusted us with? Will we be ready for his return? Does the reality that Christ could return at any time impact our priorities and our decisions? Or have we become complacent and started to think to ourselves, our master has been a long time in coming? These verses make it very clear that not everyone who confesses to know Christ will be good stewards of what Christ has entrusted them with. Many who call themselves Christians will be poor stewards of what Christ has entrusted them with. And they'll be caught by surprise on the day that Christ returns. And sadly, many will hear those terrifying words away from me, I never knew you. And as those who know the Master's will and do not do it, they will be judged severely. So as those who have heard the word of God preached week in and week out, and who know the will of the Father, who have it readily available in his word, We must take this warning incredibly seriously. Are there areas in our lives that God has been trying to convict us of? Are we holding on to grudges or unforgiveness? Are we struggling with greed or worldliness or immoral behaviour? If so, then we need to deal with these areas in our lives. And we need to deal with them today, because tomorrow might be too late. To be a faithful steward of what Christ has entrusted us with means we need to submit to the shaping of the Holy Spirit and the shaping of God's Word. Are we living lives of repentance, constantly recognising our need for Christ's mercy? If not, then we need to address these areas in our lives. To be faithful stewards of what Christ has entrusted us with requires us to accept that we too have fallen short of God's glory and to remember that we need Christ's mercy daily. To be faithful stewards of what Christ has entrusted us with requires us to be open with our Saviour about how much we need him. Because we know that our master could return at any time. And he has said that he would return at a time when we do not expect him. Today we've been challenged to reflect on whether or not we have been faithful stewards of the gospel and all that Christ has entrusted us with so that we Have been given yet another opportunity to be dressed and ready for service. What are we going to do with this opportunity? Our Master could return at any time. When Christ returns to judge the living and the dead, we need to think about will we be ready? Let's pray. Father God, these are weighty words. Lord, it's so easy for us to get caught up in our daily lives, to get so busy with work and family life and all of the things that are around us, Lord. It's so easy to become distracted from you. It's so easy to hide areas of our lives from the light of your Holy Spirit. It's so easy for us to hold on to hurt or grudges from the past. Lord, we pray that you would shine your light into our lives this morning, that you would reveal those areas in each of our lives, that you would convict us of those things, those places in our walk with you, Lord, that we haven't yet allowed the light of Christ to shine into. Lord, we pray that you would not allow any of us to neglect this command, Lord. Enable us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, convict us to make our hearts ready, to invest in you so that when you return, we won't be among those who hear those horrible words, I never knew you, but instead that we might hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.